Good morning and welcome to High Life. Thank you for joining us again this morning and we are continuing our series on the distinction of government. Now, if you joined us uh, for the first instalment, you would have um, seen that we, we basically made a case for the mandate of the church to govern, the mandate of man uh, uh, for, for, for governance on the earth. We spoke about um, you know, the nature that, that man has, and we spoke about the presence that uh, he, he lived with, the first man, he lived in the presence of God, and it was from that place that the Lord gave that mandate of, of dominion. We talked about how man fell, and we, and we talked about the restoration that came uh, you know, through Jesus, and, and, and we began to explore what that means uh, for us today as the church in terms of the mandate that the Lord has for us. Um, so today we're going to continue to explore uh, these themes, um, but we're going to be focusing <clears throat> on identity uh, a little bit more today. But before we do that, let's just have a word of prayer. Our Father and our God, we give you thanks and we give you praise. We thank you because you have, you have called us, uh, you have redeemed us and, and, and brought us into your household. You have given us uh, uh, the, the, the mandate to, to represent you on the earth. We thank you, O oh God, that even as we spend this time together, that you will sow seeds of life in our hearts and in our minds, and that that which you, 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 you sow and that which you water, O oh God, uh, will bring forth a harvest 30, 60, and 100 fold, O oh God. Let it stir in your people a, a, a desire to press into who we are in you in greater measure uh, and express uh, your kingdom on the earth for your glory. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. So we, we, uh, in our first instalment, we spoke about uh, Genesis uh, 1, 26 to 28, and, and the mandate of man to have dominion. We also um, uh, read through, went through uh, Matthew 16, uh, 13 to, to 21, and um, we're going to be revisiting that, those scriptures uh, frequently during the course of uh, this series, and I'm going to read uh, again today in the Passion Translation. And it reads as follows. When Jesus came to Caesarea Philippi, he asked his disciples this question. What are people saying about me, the Son of Man? Who do they believe I am? And they answered, some are convinced you are John the baptizer. Others say you are Elijah reincarnated or Jeremiah or one of the prophets. But you, who do you say I am? Jesus asked. Simon Peter spoke up and said, you are the anointed one, the son of the living God. Jesus replied, you are favored and privileged, Simeon, son of Jonah. You didn't discover this on your own, but my father in heaven has supernaturally revealed it to you. I give you the name Peter, a stone, and this rock will be the bedrock foundation on which I will build my church my legislative assembly, and the power of sin and death will not be able to overpower it. I will give you the keys of, the king, of, of heaven's kingdom realm to forbid on earth that which is forbidden in heaven and to release on earth that which is released in heaven. He gave the, his disciples strict orders not to tell anyone that he was the Messiah. So we can tell from these verses um, that the, the, this is... Jesus stating his mission to his, his disciples. And the foundation of this mission 
um, is his identity as revealed by the Lord to Peter and declared to him, you know, in these verses. So the bedrock of uh, uh, the, the, the legislative assembly and the bedrock on which it will rest is on the sonship of Christ. So I believe it's very um, important that we, we really begin to sort of delve more deeply into what that means and what it means for us, you know, in this day. If we look through the scriptures, it's, it's clear that uh, the, the intent ultimately for the sons and the daughters uh, of God is, was always sonship and coming to a place of sonship. We, we, we spoke about it during the course of the distinction uh, of, of uh, um, government introduction that, uh, and even the distinction of character, we spoke about being on a journey from Brephos to Telios and, and being born of the seed of God and, and growing and maturing in those realities and coming to a place of, of, of mature sonship. So that is the, the objective. You know, in John 1 uh, verse 12, scriptures tell us that as many as received and welcomed uh, him, the Messiah, he gave them the, the, the right, the authority, the privilege to become children of God. That is to be born of his seed, that is to be his offspring. You know, not affiliates, not people in company with, uh, not people that he tolerated, but, but he gave the right, the authority, the privilege to become his children. Uh, Romans 8, 29 and 30 tells us <clears throat> that for he knew all about us before we were born and destined us from the beginning to share the likeness of his son. This means the son is the oldest among a vast family of brothers and sisters who will become just like him. So Jesus has, has come to his disciples, his, 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 the big revelation, the big reveal is that he is the son of God. And scriptures tell us that, uh, uh, you know, he is the oldest among a vast family of brothers and sisters who will become just like him. So whatever we understand the sonship of, of Jesus Christ to be will, will influence and affect and impact that which we are, are, are becoming because we, we behold uh, to become and, and whatever it is that we, that we perceive or understand will reflect the way that we are journeying uh, on the earth in, in him. Ephesians 1, 5 to 7 in the Amplified says, he predestined and lovingly planned for us to be adopted to himself as his own children through Jesus Christ in accordance with the kind intention and good pleasure of his will, to the praise of his glorious grace and favor, which he so freely bestowed upon us in the beloved, his son, Jesus Christ. In him, we have redemption, that is our deliverance and salvation through his blood, which paid the penalty of our sin and resulted in the forgiveness and complete pardon of our sin in accordance with the riches of his grace. So, there are many other scriptures, but in those three scriptures, you know, it's, it's, it's clear that the, the, aim, the aim, the intention of the Father was, was for us to be like the Son, Jesus Christ, to, uh, to, to, to come into maturity um, and, and, and to be conformed to his image. So, if sonship is the goal and maturity as sons 
is actually what distinguishes us, what causes us to be a people of distinction, then it's imperative, it's very critical to our, uh, to our purpose and our, our function on the earth that we, as, as believers to understand the significance of being uh, uh, sons of God. You know, Jesus is the son of God. Um, he is the last Adam. He came. Uh, he, he, there's something that he carried. There's a function that he performed uh, to, to redeem us so that we that receive him have the right to become sons. Um, so sonship is a big deal. The question is, what does sonship mean to us? You know, there are many things that are spoken of when we, when we speak of Christ and, and Jesus is the Son of God and we say it uh, and it's often said. But what does it, sonship mean to us? Now, in a natural sense, if you're you know, introduced to a child or, or an adult and, and you're told that this person is the, is the, is the son or the, 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 the offspring of a particular person, um, you know, we look for attributes that, that, that seem to confirm that which uh, we have been told. And we have, uh, we recognize that a mother and a father, a, a, a woman and a man have come together and, and physically produced, uh, uh, you know, a child. We would expect that child to have attributes that we can find from both parents. But we also accept that you know, there's, there are other factors. There are environmental factors. There are social factors. There are maybe economic factors that shape the life, you know, of a child. So, um, you know, there's, a, there's an age-old discussion or debate about nature or nurture uh, that, that gives rise to what a, a son or a daughter, an offspring, becomes. And so that may influence you know, the way that we perceive the significance or, or lack thereof of sonship. Um, we may feel that um, everybody comes to earth through, uh, you know, a natural process, but there are many other factors that determine who, who, who we actually, you know, turn out to be. But, you know, with, with uh, Jesus, the powerful thing is that, you know, he comes... He, he's revealed as the son of God. And if we consider that, he, there's no dilution in, in his sonship. He has the, 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 the full attributes of the father. And I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to read um, some scriptures that really sort of emphasize this. And, and I'm hoping that it helps us to recalibrate our thinking around, around sonship. Hebrews chapter 1, 1 to 3, in the Passion Translation reads, Throughout our history, God has spoken to our ancestors by his prophets in many different ways. The revelation he gave them was only a fragment in time, building one truth upon another. But to us, living in these last days, God now speaks to us openly in the language of a son, the appointed heir of everything. For through him, God created the panorama, of all things and all time. The sun is the dazzling radiance of God's splendor, the exact expression of God's, the ex exact expression of God's true nature, his mirror image. 
He holds the universe together and expands it by the mighty power of his spoken word. He accomplished for us the complete cleansing of sins and then took his seat on the majestic, on the highest throne at the right hand of the majestic one. Now, to consider that Jesus, who became the Son of Man, was walking on the earth, being the exact image, the exact expression of God's true nature, his mirror image, the, the, the dazzling radiance of God's splendor, for him to be um, the totality of God's communication that he wants to have with us about everything is encapsulated in the sun. There are no environmental factors. There were no upbringing factors. You know, he grew up with Joseph and Mary and, and, and siblings, but that did not dilute or in any way alter or, or, or diminish his representation of the father. It was a 100% exact carbon copy. Now, if we consider that, uh, you know, the beginning of our, of, our, of our journey in God, if we open the scriptures, the first thing that, that we read about is, you know, the, 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 the potency and the strength of God in creation. You know, we have seven days, God spoke, he sent his word forth, and everything responded to it. The, 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 the elements aligned with that which he had declared to bring about the purpose that he had sent it, his word forth to, to manifest. The Holy Spirit executed his command, breathed over his word. You know, we, we, we read about uh, uh, that and we are struck by the potency and the vastness and the strength and, 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 and just the intensity of, of the God that we serve. At the other end of the scriptures, we look in Revelation. We read in Revelations 4 about the throne room of God and, and, and the unfathomable majesty and, and beauty of it and the, the demonstrations of worship and the, the intensity of, 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 of those verses. Um, and, you know, we are, we are in awe. And this scripture is telling us that Jesus, Son of God and Son of Man, is the exact expression of God's true nature. He is the dazzling radiance of God's splendor. He is the language that the Lord uses now in this dispensation, in the last days, to speak and say everything he wants to say. There's nothing that he wants to say to us that is not captured and encapsulated in Jesus. And he is the son of God. Now, Considering that is very different from thinking about, you know, in a natural sense, you know, somebody being somebody's child, looking a bit like them, having some of their personality traits mixed in with various other factors that produce some kind of adult that uh, may or may not resemble the father. We all know of people who, you know, we meet their children and we're surprised, we meet, we even have expressions like the black sheep of the family because we've accommodated uh, the reality that a son does not turn out like the father or like the parents, maybe some other factors, maybe they, they, they started keeping bad company or, or um, you know, they, they, they just began to embrace other influences that did not reflect 
the father that gave birth to them. You know, we, we fully accept that. And that I, I, I put to us, colors the way that we think about ourselves uh, when, when the scriptures tell us that we are uh, sons of God. I guess an important question to ask is how we relate with um, the revelation that Jesus is the son of God. You know, we are all born sinners and, and that is not something that is in dispute. But by his grace, we come into, we have an encounter with Christ and we come into a saving knowledge and uh, we realize that we are in sin and we recognize that there is uh, uh, redemption for us through a savior, the savior. And we receive him and, uh, you know, we, 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 we are saved. And from that moment on, we are born of a different seed. Now, the question is, do we relate henceforth as ones born of uh, a, a different seed? Or do we relate with the self that we have always known, uh, seeking to interact with uh, the Son of God and seeking to interact with the Savior um, as, as a form of remedy for, for the challenges that we may experience um, you know, in life? The question I'm asking us, I'm putting to us, is do we live our lives with a sin consciousness or a sun consciousness? You know, we are growing into something and we're growing in something. Uh, if we are thinking of, of Jesus as um, just our rescue and not as our role model, then we will find it very in fact, we'll find it impossible to manifest that which the Lord um, is, is, is speaking of in his scriptures uh, concerning us. You know, Jesus is our savior. He is our healer. He is our provider. He is the prince of peace. Um, but often we interact with those attributes of his person from a distance, not as a model for that which um, he desires us to carry, but, but as a rescue for uh, the, the, the failings that come with having uh, the, the, the Adamic nature. So our, our memory of ourselves, you know, that which we have experienced growing up, that which we know from our childhood, uh, and, and, and maybe environmental factors, social factors, have shaped the way that we view the world. And then we we embrace that identity and then we add interaction with the Son of God, interaction with Jesus uh, to that and seek to find remedy and rescue and relief uh, from that relationship rather than looking at ourselves as born of a new seed and growing up in that and looking to Jesus as the model for who and how we are to become. I'm going to read another scripture from Colossians chapter one, verses 15 to 20. And I'm reading from the Amplified and it says, he is the exact living image, the essential manifestation of the unseen God, the visible representation of the invisible, the firstborn, the preeminent one, 
the sovereign and the originator of all creation. For by him all things were created in heaven and on earth, things visible and invisible, whether thrones or dominions or rulers or authorities. All things were created and exist through him, that is by his activity and, and for him. And he himself existed and is before all things, and in him all things hold together. He is, his is the controlling, cohesive force in the universe. He is also the head, the life source, and the leader of the body, the church. And he is the beginning, the firstborn from the dead, so that he himself will occupy the first place. He will stand supreme and be preeminent in everything. For it pleased the Father, for all the fullness of deity, the sum total of his essence, all his perfection, powers and attributes, to dwell permanently in him, the Son, and through the, the intervention of the Son to reconcile all things to himself, making peace with believers through the blood of his cross, through him, I say, whether things on earth or things in heaven. Now, that was uh, a slightly long scripture, but it's, it's one of the, the most uh, potent scriptures for me in the word. I, I, I remember the, 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 the day many years ago when the Lord really opened my eyes to see that he was describing uh, Jesus and that I am one with him, that I am part of the body and the head and the body are, are, the head, the, the body is growing up into the head. You know, when you are, are if you take a crumb of, of, of a loaf of bread, it doesn't have any different properties to the, to the full loaf. And that consciousness that, uh, you know, this, this very powerful and, and, and potent description of, of Christ uh, and the recognition that we are, are one with him and that we are living in him and that we are growing into him uh, and that we are, are, are of the same seed um, must be central to the way that we relate to, to the scriptures, to the way that we relate to, 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 to Christ uh, and the way that we, we relate to the mandates that the Lord. So if we're going to uh, carry a consciousness of sons, we must have a, a consciousness of, of a father. Um, you know, in the beginning, when, when Satan sought to usurp the position of Adam and, and of Eve, the first thing that he did was to distort uh, their, 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 their perception and their understanding of, of the father. You know, he had to cause them to, to think that, uh, or to consider that the father was someone other than who he had presented himself uh, to be. You know, Satan himself had, had fallen. He had been cast out uh, and rejected and, and his, his end fate had been determined. So, you know, we could say that Satan was, is the first orphan. And, you know, in, in, in the beginning when, Sa when Adam and Eve fell, uh, they, the scriptures, talk about them taking on the nature of Satan, the nature of the deceiver. So we could argue, we could state it another way that um, 
Jesus is the Son of God. He came uh, that we may receive him uh, and, and, and be, become sons of God, be born of, of, of a new seed, be reconciled to the Father. And the enemy of our souls, the accuser, uh, has also taken a position, which is that of an orphan. Uh, and he seeks to draw us through deception uh, into a position uh, that, that leads really to, to eternal damnation. Uh, Leif Hetland describes the orphan spirit as having envious eyes and an insecure heart. Very simple expression, but I thought it was very uh, powerful and all encapsulating. You know, Satan had f fallen, he had been cast out, and then, and then the father creates Adam and Eve and, you know, gives them a, a fresh mandate. And, you know, they, they have this fellowship with the father. They, 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 they live in his presence and they meet with him in the cool of the day and he gives them authority and he, 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 he tells them to, to reflect him in this terrain that, that uh, they're living in, that Satan had been cast to. And with envious eyes and an insecure heart, uh, Satan looks on and looks at how he may infiltrate. Now that spirit of orphan, that orphan spirit, you know, if we if we consider what happened, you know, in the in the in the garden, it may seem like an abstract uh, concept. But if we consider that we are all born in sin and and, and shaped by iniquity, scriptures tell us, uh, we carry this nature. Uh, of, of fallen man, this nature of, of the devil. And we look at everything and everyone in our, in our unregenerated state with envious eyes and an insecure heart. You know, insecurity is something that uh, is so um, common in our day that we, that we almost don't, uh, we don't even discuss it. Of course, extreme manifestations of it may be worth, worthy of note, but as a natural state, if we look at humanity, we're, we're, we're reaching constantly to prove something to ourselves or to others. We're seeking to accumulate, to, to add things to ourselves, um, to demonstrate that we are, that we are okay, uh, that we are uh, comfortable with who we are, or indeed to cover up the fact that we are not comfortable with who we are. And, you know, from this place of constantly reaching for something outside of ourselves to, to affirm us, to, to enlarge us, to strengthen us, um, to constantly be seeking for belonging from the outside in is, is, is completely uh, opposite to, to the role model that we have in Christ. You know, um, in, in Philippians chapter 2, uh, scriptures tell us that Jesus thought nothing of of, of you know, setting aside his deity to come down uh, to earth and be identified with us so that you know, we could be identified with him, essentially. Uh, you know, if we consider the natural realm and the way that uh, uh, you know, society operates, the idea that we should set aside the things that give us esteem and, and occupy a lower position, a lowly position, uh, in order to obtain something. It's something that is, that is uh, uh, um, alien or, or would be strongly resisted by most of us. And, and let's, let's face it, the, 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 the step down is nowhere near as great as the step down that Jesus took when he came to earth to, to identify with us. 
But, but that resistance tells us uh, something about our, our heart condition. And it also tells us the fact that Jesus was willing to do so tells us that, you know, he was so confident and secure and at ease in his identity that uh, to, to set aside all that uh, uh, was glorious to, to come down to earth uh, to, fulfill, to fulfill a mission that, that pleased the heart of the Father. Um, you know, something that could be done because of his complete rest in who he is, um, you know, as, as the Son of God. So, identity is central to uh, the mandate that we have and central to the unfolding of, of, of God's purposes, you know, on the earth. When Jesus was talking to the disciples, he says, after he has been declared the son of God, he says, he then speaks about government. Immediately following, he speaks about government. He says that uh, on this revelation that you have of me as the son of God, which means of me being the exact uh, uh, replica or the exact reflection of the father, being the dazzling radiance of his splendor, uh, being the one in whom the fullness of the Godhead uh, uh, lives. You know, we can go through, um, go through the scriptures and, and draw various understandings, some of which I've touched on today. Uh, that was essentially what Peter was stating and affirming. Peter was saying, you are the exact re re uh, reflection of the Father's nature. You are the, 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 the dazzling radiance of his splendor. You are the one who, who, who holds up the universe by the word of your, the word of your power. You are the one who, who, who created everything. You are, you are all of those things and you're standing manifest before me uh, on, on, on the earth. And I acknowledge you to be that. And Jesus says, on this revelation, will government come? Because he talks then about the establishment of a legislative assembly that will prevail over uh, the resistance of the gates of hell. So as, as believers, in order to, 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 um, to manifest that, that mandate to govern, there must be a, uh, a recognition of sonship and an understanding of sonship and an understanding and acceptance that being sons of God is the highest position that we can hold. In Isaiah uh, chapter 9, 6 and 7, you know, it's again a scripture that we read often uh, and it says, for, for to us a child is, shall be born, to us a son shall be given. And the government will be upon his shoulder and his name shall be called Wonderful Counselor, uh, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. There shall be no end to the increase of his government and of peace. He shall rule on the throne of David and over his kingdom to establish it and to uphold it with justice and righteousness from that time forward and forevermore. The zeal of the Lord of hosts will accomplish this. A child is born, a son is given. As soon as sonship is spoken of, the next conversation is about government. In Matthew, the revelation that this is indeed the Son of God, immediately following that, 
is a, is a declaration about the intent to establish government. So as, as believers living in the day that we live, a revelation of the importance of sonship and a growing up into the maturity as sons, not as believers who, um, who learn better behavior by embracing the principles of the kingdom, not as uh, ones who are trying their best not to, to, um, to, 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 to have moral failures so that, they can, so that we can make heaven, but actually recognizing that Jesus was the, is the embodiment of the Father, and we are being brought up into maturity and the same nature and the stature of Christ. And that is a position from which we have a right to govern. You know, there's a, there's a, there's a response to God that everything has. You know, everything is created by him. Everything is upheld by the word of his power and everything responds to him. The recognition that we are of that nature, that we are born of him, that he is, we, are, we, are, we are one with Christ, who he has <clears throat> poured the fullness of the Godhead into, who is as him, is an essential prerequisite for us to be able to express governance on the earth. You know, when Peter and, and Jesus were having this discussion, Israel was under Roman rule. You know, through their history, they would have known of times when, uh, you know, the, 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 the kingdom of Israel um, was established, um, at least for that dispensation, and they had rest from their enemies, and they, they, they were the envy and the fear of, of many nations around them. And the Lord uh, fought for them and demonstrated uh, uh, that they were his people and he was their God. But, you know, the time that Peter and Jesus were having this conversation, they were under Roman occupation. They were groaning under tax burdens. They didn't have the liberty to, uh, to, to worship the Lord uh, as they knew to. Uh, they, they, they had to acknowledge uh, you know, Caesar and you know, acknowledge the throne of a man. Uh, and that brought with it all sorts of constraints that were uh, uh, difficult for them to live under. And, and you could liken that to the current position of, of, uh, uh, on the earth. Many nations, uh, you know, we've gone through a, a, a very turbulent year in 2020, for example, and no nation was unscathed. If we look at the nation that I'm speaking from, which is Nigeria, uh, we can look at every area and, and uh, recognize that there are uh, challenges, you know, practical challenges. If we, if we look at you know, education, uh, we can see that it's not working as it should. If we look at healthcare, it's inadequate. If we look at physical infrastructure, housing, all of these things, are, are seemingly inadequate. If we even look at just 
the finances of our nation and, and how they're stewarded, uh, uh, we, we are confronted with inadequacy and pressure uh, you know, on, on every side. Now, we, to make this relatable, um, you know, typically the conversations follow the political cycles and we, and we think about, okay, when there are going to be elections and when we're going to bring somebody into power that will do better than the last person. Now, in the context of that, imagine if, if Jesus was coming now, we would be looking for him to, to, to bring remedy to a long list of specific things that we consider to be wrong with our society, or wrong with our nation, or wrong with our, our, our economy. You know, because that would be a, a, a representation of, um, of relief and the intervention of God. But he didn't come to say, I'm going to come and make Caesar stop asking you to pay taxes. He didn't come and say, uh, I, I've come so that healthcare will be perfect. He, he came as the son of God. That was the answer that the Lord had deemed necessary to send his son, to manifest as his son, to walk as his son, to get us to recognize him and to identify with the reality of what being the son of God, laying down your life, going to the grave, resurrecting, being resurrected, ascending, and, and, and bringing us into a position of sonship. As far as God is concerned, that is the remedy for the, for the challenges that we face. So for, for those of us living in the here and now, you know, when we consider that uh, the church, the ecclesia, the legislative assembly, the, 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 the governing arm of the, the kingdom of God is on the earth now, the sun has come, the sun has been born, the, chi the child has been born, the sun has been given. The expression of government by the church is predicated on an acceptance of an identity as sons of God and the interrogating of that, the investigating of that, the understanding of what it means, the, 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 the consciousness of um, being made of the same stuff as the father, having the same nature, the recognition that as we align with him, as we grow up in consciousness of him, that we also will address situations, situations around us and they will begin to, to change, that we will speak and operate from, from somewhere beyond just the natural realm, you know, not uh, bringing technical um, uh, expertise or, or natural wisdom or strength to address the issues that we face, but be able, to be able to understand uh, uh, and see through to the, to the root of the matter and address the matters from the root. To be able to, to, to draw uh, uh, from, from our Heavenly Father's kingdom and, and manifest those things uh, in the temporal realm, in the natural realm, and, and have them respond because there's a recognition that uh, we are operating as sons of God. That is the call to us in this day. You know, how many of us, again, in the society in which I, I, I'm currently living, which is Nigeria, we, um, 
we, we often joke about people making reference to uh, their status, maybe their office or, 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 or um, some other socially esteemed station in life to force a response from people in certain situations. The common expression is, do, do you know who I am? You know, and, and we think of that somewhat humorously. But there is no higher place than to be a son of God. Jesus is the son of God. He embodies the father without mitigation, without dilution, without any corruption, without anything being taken away. He embodies everything that the father has for us. And we are born of him. And we are growing up into the consciousness of Christ. He's given us his word. He's given us his spirit indwelling. He has raised up those who are uh, uh, apostles, prophets, teachers, evangelists, pastors to, 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 uh, to, to express certain uh, uh, graces or aspects of, of that life that will enable us to, to, to grow up into maturity and to manifest uh, uh, the work uh, of the Father and the priorities on the heart of the Father. So in this context, in the context of Nigeria, the solution to the weakness of the economy is sons of God coming to maturity, understanding the heart and mind of the Father and, and manifesting that which he desires for the here and now in this land so that people can know him and people can uh, find uh, respite and relief from the pain and the things that we suffer. The remedy for uh, uh, any other segment of society, healthcare, education, uh, uh, you know, the, the economy, infrastructure, it is not from the technical expertise that has been gleaned from, from knowledge that we have derived from the earth, but is that alignment that, that living in two realms, recognizing that you know, we have the, the authority and the access to, to reach into uh, uh, the heart and mind of the Father, to draw from our very uh, being uh, uh, that which is on the Father's heart, both in terms of you know, the, the compassion and the wisdom and the insight, and, and, and form that into an interface between uh, 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 you know, our society and our, and our context and, and, the heart, and, and the Father's heart. A legislative assembly, an ecclesia, as we, as we have begun to discuss, operates well beyond that which we have consigned and assigned to the religious uh, mountain or the religious expression. Uh, uh, of church. You know, church, we have, we, have, we have focused on the ceremonial, but Jesus did not make any mention of ceremonial things in Matthew 16. He spoke about his identity, his identity as a son was spoken of. We, we've touched on the, the fact that the son of God is the exact representation of the father. He immediately talks about government in the context of his sonship. 
and he does not do anything to directly address the concerns that Israel would have had for living under Roman rule in that day. He instead simply says, I am. He comes as the son of God and he makes a way for us to become sons once again and to grow up in him. So the alternative to this position is to live as orphans, to live as ones who do not know the Lord as our father, do not recognize that we have his nature and do not recognize that we already belong in his household. You know, belonging is first and foremost positional. It is not, uh, it is not emotional. You know, we, we often reach for feelings of belonging. We reach for those things in many places, in, in people, in relationships, in, uh, in, in material things, uh, in the expression or the outworking of our ambitions. And we assemble these things and uh, refer to them as a reflection of, of our identity. If we're asked who we are, we'll say, you know, uh, I guess we'll offer our names, we'll, we'll say what we do. We say, you know, our, 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 you know, our line of work, for example. Those are the things that we, we, we typically draw on to express who we are. But yet, sonship, is first and foremost positional. It is us coming to that place of, of recognizing that the, the significance of Jesus being the son of God, therein lies our own significance. Therein lies our own authority. Therein lies our own strength. Therein lies our own capacity to be the ecclesia, to be the governing arm of the kingdom of God, to understand what it is to govern uh, on this side of eternity. Of course, the fullness of the kingdom is coming, but we are sons and growing in sonship today. The moment we are born of God, the moment we are born of, of, of the seed of God, and we are growing in the reality of our true identity, then we are growing up as sons of God and therefore the manifestations of our lives increasingly must reflect that. And both in Isaiah and in Matthew, government was related to the identity of sonship. So yes, we are Christians, we are born again, but our destination is maturity as sons. And that is not to have a dilution of an identity, have a, um, a mix of various elements that make up who we are, but it's to be born of a seed and to grow to maturity, just as Jesus reflected the, the Father, just as the earth responded to him. That is the model that uh, we are called to, 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 to take our cue from. It is a time for us to, to look to, to Jesus for, for, for role model, as a role model and not for rescue.
not just for rescue. Of course, he will always rescue us when we need rescuing and we call out on his name. But I encourage us to ask ourselves, is our primary interface, is the heart of our relationship with Christ about rescue or is it as a role model? Is it to reflect the sonship uh, 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 that, that he demonstrates? Or is it simply to stop at being a savior? In Romans chapter 8, verse 19, scripture tells us that creation is groaning for the manifestation of the sons of God. Romans 8.19 says, For even the whole creation, all nature, waits eagerly for the children of God to be revealed. Verse 20 says, For the creation was subjected to frustration and futility, not willingly because of some intentional fault on its part, but by the will of him who subjected it in hope that the creation itself will also be freed from its bondage to decay and gain entrance into the glorious freedom of the children of God. For we know that the whole creation has been moaning together as in the pains of childbirth until now. And not only this, but we too, who have the first fruits of the Spirit, a joyful indication of the blessings to come. Even we groan inwardly as we wait eagerly for the sign of our adoption as sons, the redemption and the transformation of our body at the resurrection. So there's an end uh, uh, fullness that we will come into when our, when our bodies um, are, are, are redeemed. But our spirit, man, is one with Christ now. And as we begin to live from our spirit, as we begin to reflect our true identity as sons of God, it is from that place and that place alone that that which is around us will begin to adjust. Creation is groaning, not for climate change warriors, not for... Uh, uh, you know, people that have insight into how to, you know, enable us to live on a fraction of the energy that we currently use and all of the things that are cited now as, as you know, emergencies that we need to address. Creation is not looking for symptomatic, uh, to address symptomatic issues, but is looking for uh, uh, the root cause to be addressed, which is, creation coming back into alignment because the sons of God uh, have come to maturity and are expressing the heart and the will of the Father and have that authority over that which has held um, creation captive uh, and, and, and are able to express the liberty that, 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 that Christ came to, to bring. So... I encourage us to reflect, to, to consider again, what is it that we understand about us, our salvation? What is it we understand about uh, our Lord Jesus? What is our understanding of the, the, the significance of him being declared the Son of God? The Father said, this is my beloved Son in whom I'm well pleased. Listen to him listen to him. It is that position of sonship that, 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 that gives rise to the response that we seek. So let us consider 
that which we carry in our hearts. Let us consider whether we are sin conscious or sun conscious. Let us consider whether we are seeking rescue or a role model in Christ. Let us consider whether that which is operational in our hearts is, has within it that which will grow up into a place of maturity such that the government of God, the extension, the expression of the kingdom can be made manifest in our nation, in our lives, and in our time. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, we just acknowledge that which you have made available to us through Jesus Christ. We honor you and we thank you that you, you are so desirous of us being restored, us being members of your household, that you sent Jesus to come to earth to embody all that you are and to interact with us and demonstrate to us what it is to embody all that you are. To make a way for us to be uh, restored to uh, the position of sonship that you desire for us. Because your intention for man was that we would have dominion. That we would live in a context where we extended the expression of you and your kingdom in the place where you have set us. And you knew that we could not do that without being restored to a place of sonship. Father, as we have touched on uh, some, of your, your, some of the scriptures today, I pray that you will stir up in the hearts of your people a hunger and a thirst to, to, to grasp identity, to come into a deeper understanding of who we are in you, to, to recognize that by virtue of being born of, the, of your seed, we already belong. That everything that we seek outside of ourselves is, 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 is far less than that which you have already placed on the inside of us. They will begin to acknowledge your Holy Spirit in a new way so that we may be led into all truth. They will understand our interactions and our interfaces with the body so that we may draw on the graces that you have given to us to mature us as sons. So that we can indeed take our place effectively within the ecclesia, the governing arm of your kingdom on the earth. That your glory may be seen and that you may be known and that nations may be redeemed for you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Well, thank you for joining us and see you next week.